0: Hi, this is Colin Mace and welcome to From the Rookery End. As you all know, we're playing Fulham this morning at 1230 at the Cottage. And John asked me to do a a diary piece for the podcast this week. Going to the game, meeting up with a few Watford fans, asking them some questions about the season so far. Um, I'm going with my daughter Florence, who is 16 now. She's bringing her her friend because my young daughter is is away with uh, some friends of hers, so she's not available and uh, We're really looking forward to it. We're about to leave. It's about 10 past 10. I've got a few people to catch up with and uh, talk to about what's been going on at our club over the last few weeks, how they feel about the game today and uh, and also whether or not perhaps we can sustain this kind of run of form, whether we can be consistent in a way that we haven't managed to in the, in the previous seasons where things have sort of fallen off or we've had a bad spell and then had to fight our way back. So it'd be interesting to just take the temperature of Watford fans, particularly after the defeat last week, which was a bit of a leveller, a bit of a, not exactly a wake-up call, but just, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we lose to Man United, There's nothing wrong with that, and we play really well. But um, I guess the question is, can we bounce back against a newly promoted team who have been playing pretty good football this season? And I'm looking forward to it very much. I haven't been to the Cottage since the Championship season, if I remember rightly. We thrashed them 5-0. And interestingly, of course, Slavisa Jukanovic was our manager for that game, and now he manages in the other dugout. And I can't remember a time when going to a football match to play a team who have a manager that used to be our manager that we hold in quite such high esteem as as Slavisa. So I'm sure that's going to be quite an interesting little uh, flavour to the day. I'm sure he'll get a very good uh, reception from Watford fans and obviously from Fulham fans who must like him and hold him in, <laughs> in as high esteem as we do. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I like Fulham as a club. Maybe talk about that a bit more later. But uh, yeah, we're going to head off to the tube station now and uh, catch up with some, some fellow ones. <laughs>
1: Yes, Colin is in charge of the podcast this week. Uh, Mike, Jason and I and and the whole from the recruiting team uh, are giving him the reins. And uh, yeah, he's a a new member to the team, but he's a fantastic member to the team. And and this will be his story of the the trip to Craven Cottage, where unfortunately it was only a 1-1 draw. How picky are we as Watford fans? By saying such a thing, thank you for listening uh, as always, and follow us on social media at Watford Podcast on your various social media feeds. Uh, But just a quick reminder that there is a new catching up with our new series of podcasts that we've been doing on a monthly basis, where we catch up with players, managers, uh, and in this case, this week we'll be catching up with someone from behind the scenes of the people who played a part in forming the Watford that we know these days. And this week on Thursday, when the podcast will come out, we speak to the First Lady of Watford Football Club, Anne Swanson. Many of you of a slightly older age uh, remember Anne from the family enclosure and the family terrace uh, and her role in defining Watford Football Club along with Graham uh, and Elton John. So that's coming out this Thursday uh, via From the Rookery End. But this podcast is Colin's story of a trip to Craven Cottage. Colin, over to you.
0: So we're just heading off to the Tube now and um, there's a tradition in our family that started when the, my daughters were quite young and they have to predict the score and if they get it right they get a fiver so um, I'm here with my daughter Flo and uh, Nell and I uh, just want to get Florence's score prediction for today. Florence what's the score going to be?
2: 3-2.
0: To Watford I take yeah, it?
2: Yeah yeah
0: yeah. And Nell as you're a special guest what do you think the uh, score is going uh, to be?
2: 2-1.
0: To Watford. 2-1 to Watford so we've got a 3-2 and a 2-1 and I, I'm hoping that I'll be able to Give one of them a fiver because that would be a good result for us. All right, talking a bit. We're at Victoria now. Um, we're getting the District Line and the Wimbledon Line down to Fulham Broadway to meet up with our friends. And uh, already seeing lots of Watford fans on the tube, starting to get quite excited now. But an hour and a couple of hours before kick-off, starting to feel that little adrenaline rush in anticipation of the game. After last week's defeat to Manchester United, which I think was avoidable in some way because although we played really well in the second half we did start slow and we need to bounce back in this game and I think one of the things that's important is that we get off to a good start we don't sit back too much we don't try to draw them onto us too much we don't give them too much space or time on the ball and we need to come out and really do that thing that established Premier League clubs do against newly promoted sides which is say we've been here for four years we know how to do this we don't think you do and try and get at them and exploit the space in behind them or in front or between the lines and try and get an early goal and really put them under some pressure so that's what I'm hoping for whether or not we can do that I don't know I'm, I'm very interested to know whether or not Javi is going to change the lineup today whether he's going to rest a player maybe who feels is a bit fatigued or whether he's going to change the system maybe play one up front uh, and five in midfield or a two-three in midfield as we did sometime last season so uh yeah, it's, it's when you have a defeat the most important thing is how you react and today is an opportunity for us to, to react to that defeat uh, and to come out swinging if you like and hopefully we can do that and get the three points I think if we win today it'll be, uh, it'll be a, a very big result for us as a club uh, and I can't wait for the game to start actually uh, two hours seems like an eternity at the moment I've arrived at the Oyster Rooms, uh, just above Fulham Broadway. Station. It's probably the poshest bar I think I've ever been in, in an away game. I think they actually do sell oysters. And uh, next to me is Barry Higgs. And for those of you who don't know Barry, he was named after a particular Watford cult hero by his dad. He's a lifelong Watford fan. And it got me thinking about who we might all name our sons if we had a son now. In the Pozzo era, what player would we name our, our son after? But anyway, Barry, you're named after... The furry, the cult hero, I would say, from the late 60s, early 70s, Barry Endine. And I just wanted to ask you, um, how have you enjoyed the start of the season? Is it better than you expected? And which players do you think have really stood out for you? Well, it's been great so far. There's a long way to go. I think we're working as a unit. You can see how fit the players are. Dini, Pereira, and Kapu has played well. Holly Bass is a different player this season the fact that we've had such a good start has that changed your expectations of the season you know start the season we were alright at the end of last season you you thinking maybe top maybe 10 12 now are you thinking maybe we can finish a bit higher not really I'm still thinking if at mid table I think you know the highest the highest we've, uh, points we've got so far is what 44 is it yeah, yeah. Well, We got if we can try and better that uh, aim for 10th I think that's a good season excellent and um how do you think we're going to play today, and what is your score prediction for today? I think it's going to be a tough game today. I think we, um, you know, we got to take the game to them. I think we could, uh, we might nick it two-one. 2-1. Two-one's good. I'll be happy with that. I have to say. I think particularly after uh, after the defeat, it'd be good to come back and get a win. Cheers for that, Barry. And uh, if you were to have a son now, and you had to name him after a Pozzo-era player, what would you name him? Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? I mean. Troy was obviously there already yeah that's alright you, 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 you could definitely call him Troy that'll be fine right. uh, probably not Abdoulaye. Um <laughs> bit tricky at school that one also Alman I was thinking he's a bit yeah, of an odd one yeah. uh, Bobby maybe we'll go for Bobby Bobby's, Bobby's good Carrera. very good uh, it's getting quite lively in here now um, I'm here with Ladislav known as Lad Uh, Who is a diminutive uh, figure with uh, his his distinguishing feature is his very long beard, which he um, he braids together into into sort of one long uh, sort of uh, braid. Yeah, it's a braid, a ponytail at the front. Uh, Lad is from Slovakia, so I just wanted to uh, and obviously, as we as we're football fans, um, we never actually talk about our own lives; we just talk about football. So this is an opportunity. I just wanted to ask you, lad, Um, how how on earth have you become a Watford fan?
3: It's a tricky question. But Watford choose me.
0: Okay, explain that.
3: Uh, because if you look at uh, around you and you will see a bunch of guys, they are great. So it's it's no brainer to be Watford fan. And is that because you moved to Watford and that
0: you that you were in that area? Uh,
3: no, because because uh, it's it's hard to explain. I always was watching the Watford. I didn't know why. That time it was ten or twelve years ago or more. And it's just stuck in my, my, my mind. And then when I moved into the England, so I realized I live close to the Watford, so I went there once occasionally because I was, an, I was poor, I, don't have a, I didn't have a money to go every match. Like I now, I'm rich now. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's just kind of happened. And, and
0: I noticed last uh, season when we all went to Arsenal sitting in the Drayton Park pub, uh, your mum was there, and uh, your niece. So, being a Watford fan has become a sort of family affair, has it?
3: Yes, yes. My mum, she's even bigger f- fan than me. She, she. Watch- she's a bigger
0: fan than you, lad. I can't believe that you're the, the biggest fan
3: there is. No, she, she, she's watching every match. She can't get a live stream every match, so she's watching, you know, live commentary, or and she writes down on a paper every single match, the minutes, what's happened, yellow card, chance, who scored. Who will substitute? And, and she writes down on a paper and she keeps those things all the time. And if he win, she open bottle of uh, English beer. What I brought her. <laughs> oh, that's She's... a brilliant
0: story. The club should employ her as a kind of um, keeper of the statistics.
3: Yeah, kinda. <laughs> and
0: is she going to get to a game this season?
3: Uh, I try to bring 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 her and my niece, but it's uh, sometimes it's 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 hard to you know to to, to find the, the way because. It's it's quite a long way, and I have to. I'm I'm busy working, and, and it's, it's uh, I always bring them for one week, and, and then we do few matches, and, and also we go somewhere else in in London. So it's not just just a match. So, cool, that's great But, but, but uh, they, they went away match as well So they enjoyed very much So
0: That's excellent, so it's nice It's, it's keeping uh, the tradition of Watford Football Club Keeping it in the family, bringing family members um, If you did have to name a son That you had now after a Pozzo era player A bit like the Barry With the Barry ending Who would it be?
3: <laughs> I don't have, I don't have a... I got no idea. <laughs> you Sorry, I got no No,
0: no that's I, fair uh, enough, that's fair enough, you're allowed that answer. The
3: thing is, I, I want to say, it's just, it's, just it's, it's not just my family, it's my friends. They're, they're also, they, there was a couple of them, they, they was here and they, they, they said they enjoyed it. Mm. They never had that experience to, to see English uh, football and, and, and I can bring them into the heart of the, the fans. Which is which is something you can't uh, have uh, if you, if you support the big clubs.
0: No, that's very true.
3: And uh, and they can they can speak with with the other guys and, and next next to us sitting guy who, who got 50 years uh, uh, season tickets and uh, he's he's just just with me and and I'm I'm just compared to him I'm no one.
0: No, I understand what you're saying. I think if you can bring your friends into a group of fans that have been going for years, that makes them feel more part of it when they even exactly, if it's their yeah. first game.
3: And, and uh, I brought my friend and he went to Southampton uh, away match and was uh, a FA Cup and we lost. Even if we lost, we had a great time because we was chatting, we we, we had a fun and the football is just part of our life and, and you can't be really upset if you lose or. Uh, it's just we have a great time and,
0: and we do we do lad thank you very much you're welcome uh, I'm now here with Carl who we mostly refer to as Carlos but will be known to uh, uh, millions of Watford fans if there are millions of Watford fans as Watford Boy 82 uh, he vlogs uh, most games away games I think particularly and has a YouTube channel so if you want to catch up with what Carl's doing you should go on YouTube put in what for boy 82 and, uh, and there, there he is in all his glory but I just wanted to ask you about uh, something specific that's been uh, occupying my mind currently we've got Chalabar delafeu and Cleverly. three what we would probably consider first team starters who are about to come back over the next month and a half how do you think Havi is going to get them in the side is he going to have to change the system who's going to make way what do you feel about that um, I think he needs to just keep things as they are we, we,
4: as long as the results are, are there I think the players and, the, and the, the one thing that we have this season is that everyone's fighting for those positions and that's that's really important even Chalibur you know Chalibur quite easily probably last season if he was fit walk straight back into that side this season can he I'm not so sure he can at the moment
0: I suppose the obvious player that would make way for Chalabar would be Kapu but Kapu is playing so well at the moment that, as you say it's quite hard to drop him do you think that Javi might have a slightly different attitude to this game particularly after our first defeat do you think he might make some changes today or do you think he's going to go with the same 11 I hope it's the same 11 because
4: barring the first 20 minutes half an hour of that game I I, I thought we were superb and we caused Man United all sorts of problems Having, having said that those first 20 minutes, we didn't come out the block like we have previously. Is that something that we're,
0: we're going to re- repeat today? I don't know. It's something that Ian Wright mentioned as well, wasn't it, on match yeah, today that yeah. we've done that. We did it against Palace, where they yeah. had two really good chances early in the game when Foster kept us in it. Yeah. We don't seem to be able to come out of the blocks, and I wonder if that's just to do with the way we're set up. To it worked brilliant for us against Tottenham because we just absorbed all their threat and then we were able to hit them later in the game. Yeah. But today, you feel that after the defeat, we need to really bounce back with yeah, with a, yeah. with a, with a with a bright sort of first 20 minutes?
4: Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it's really about coming out the blocks today, um, being positive away from home, you know, not, not having any fear. We, we've got the players to, to break Fulham down. I think Fulham defensively are, are not at the best. I think they, they've spent very well in the summer. But as, as we know, as Watford supporters, you go and throw sort of 10, 11 players into a fold, it takes time to gel. Yeah. Hopefully that's not today. But it's... <laughs>
0: But yeah, they have they have made some good signings. It's I, I think there's a lot of similarities in the way they've approached the Premier League to when we came up. We bought twelve, fifteen players. We were we were criticised quite heavily for it. We were quite lucky that the core of our Championship side was good enough to, to play in the Premier League. And the ones that came in, the five or six that came in, did gel quite quickly. And that was down to Kike, I suspect, mostly, and Troy keeping everyone together. When you have a defeat, it seems to be very important to to bounce back. If we win today, we're still in the top four. Uh, are you hopeful that we can we can pull that off? We are the established Premier League club. They are the newly promoted side. You, you optimistic? I, I think it's a win today. I think, um, like
4: I say, we, take take what you will out of the Man United game. And, and certain certain people will look at it as I, it, it was a defeat, which it was. But there's there's a lot of positives that come out of that game. We we put Manchester United to the sword. Who, you know look at it they, they have got their problems but they are a decent side and if it wasn't for, for a certain Mr De Gea that game's very different in the first half and the second half and um, you know, we, we may be sitting here talking about a draw against Man United or even, even more but um, I think we hopefully he just sticks with what we've got in that, in that centre it's working like you say Delefeu's got to come back Chalabra's got to come back Cleverly, I thought was superb on um, BT Sport the other day for his passion about the club and his and his love for the club. So... Yeah, there does
0: seem to be that real sort of sense of uh, identity amongst the players yeah. and, and a kind of connection with the club itself and with the fans. I think yeah. the fans have really stood up this season uh, in the in the four home games we've had. It's been the atmosphere has been a lot better, hasn't it? they yeah, been it a lot been so noisier. Fun. I wanted to ask you. Um, Uh, a bit like I asked Barry which uh, player has surprised you this season which player sort of stood out that you didn't really expect to really come through in the way that they have
4: Uh, I'll be honest there's a a couple for me I I think Craig Cathcart has been superb I've been singing his his praises since the start of the season I thought he's been fantastic I I wouldn't say players but I've loved the way that last season I mean I, I go to quite a few away games with you and I remember talking to you at at so many games saying, we just need Troy Deeney and Andre Gray to play up front and see what happens. And we're seeing it now. And there there is a partnership building, there is goals in them. They're going to cause all sorts of trouble to to defences. Troy's the fittest I've seen him for a long time. You know, you just see sharpness, he'll chase the balls down. Andre's got that little yard of pace. Yes, he has got the touch of a bricklayer. (laughs) <laughs> a baby elephant yeah from, from time to time but um, he's, do you know what I like about Andre Gray his unpredictability is an asset
0: just to finish off Carl if you were to have a son in the next sort of few months and you had to name him after a Pozzo era Watford player in the way that Barry was named after Barry Endine who do you think you'd pick? it's only one it's Bobby Pereira there's so much Bobby love in this room at the moment but uh, unsurprisingly he's been brilliant this season thanks very much
5: a podcast made by Watford fans, fans, for Watford fans,
2: from the rookery end.
1: Thanks so much so far, Colin. Back to you in a second. Uh, but of course, Watford are coming up against uh, Slav. Um, we, we always call him Slav, but for some reason, Fulham fans always calling me by his full name. Uh, I can't find myself to do it. Maybe I can't even say it. But, you know, he's a man who got us promoted, and got them promoted. and And we want to find out exactly how they feel about him they feel the same about us they feel different about us so we got in touch with the Fulhamish podcast who were along with us were, were nominated for a pod, f- club podcast of the year uh, at the Football Supporters Federation Awards last year about how they're feeling about Slav after he got them promoted <laughs>
2: Hi guys, Sammy here from the Fulhamish podcast. Just been asked to give a few words from a Fulham point of view on to Vica who I know is highly regarded amongst Watford circles and the feeling is definitely mutual amongst us Fulham fans. The man is an absolute hero uh, in our eyes. He's been at Fulham for the best part of 3 years now and almost without doubt one of my favorite ever managers to to grace the touchline at Craven Cottage. He's he's absolutely fantastic. The, the Fulham he adopted uh, back at the end of 2015 was was, was an absolute mess, uh, to be perfectly honest. And the transformation that he's brought to our club, both on the field and off the field, h- has been remarkable. He struggled in his first six months to lay down his marker on the team, but he just about managed to keep us in the championship. At the start of the next season, uh, where we ultimately ended getting knocked out in the playoff semifinal by Reading. We were absolutely Unrecognizable really, from the team that had struggled in the championship two years previous. The style of football he's adopted for us is is out of this world at times and some of the football we played last year in the 22 match unbeaten run to get to the cusp of automatic promotion was sensational. Some of the nights that we enjoyed at Craven Cottage and other grounds around the country were, were magnificent and Slav is at the heartbeat of that and I genuinely fear for Fulham if he ever left us because I think he's so central to the way that we play at the moment. And I'm just not sure how many other managers at the moment could replicate that. After promotion, he's adapting to life in the Premier League. Uh, he often starts to moan in, in the summer around transfers and he's clearly never content with, with standing still. He wants the club to always progress and... He's just trying to find his feet at the moment in the Premier League. He always wants to attack and against Man City ultimately. That was probably a bit of a naive policy, but he's quite one-track minded and he doesn't change his philosophies no matter who the opponents are, whether it's Barcelona or or whether it's Huddersfield away on a Monday night. He's going to play the same way no matter what. I I hopefully can see him at Fulham for another couple of years. I'd like him to really achieve something for us in the Premier League, get us properly stable at this level and maybe push on uh, with a run in a cup or two and, and I'd love him to get us to Europe but of course that is really pie-in-the-sky stuff at the moment and ultimately we just want to stay in this division first so yeah Fulham fans have got a lot of time for Slavica Kanovic and almost no doubt what happens in the future uh, we always will have a special place from in, in our hearts after what he achieved last season getting us back to the Premier League so it be interesting to see how he matches up tomorrow against his former club. First time uh, he's faced Watford uh, since leaving you guys. And I'm hoping it for an entertaining match. It should be a good one. Do not scratch your ears. You're listening to From the Rookery End.
0: So we've just come out of Putney Bridge Station and we're walking towards the ground now. The thing I like about coming to Fulham is that it's very like There's a lot of similarities with Watford. They spent a lot of their history in the bottom two divisions and then they got a wealthy owner and climbed up into the top flight they, they dropped out and then now they're back and uh, with a new owner a manager but also they're a, they seem to be a kind of community club family club lots of families walking to the ground men in their 80s 70s lots of kids lots of uh, women and, uh, and and girls and when you consider that just a mile up the road is this massive stadium and this massive uh, club, Chelsea. And yet people around here still would rather support Fulham. And I guess that's a sort of a family thing that is passed down from mother and sons, fathers and daughters. Just stay, Fulham fans, don't go up the road, don't support Chelsea, even if they are a bigger club, even if they are in the Champions League, even if they win trophies. Just stay with the club you were born to support. And I really like that, and I'm really, really looking forward to the game and uh, (laughs) the chaps are very excited, a lot of singing on the tube from Fulham Broadway down to Putney Bridge. So yeah, going to the ground now. I'm here outside the turnstiles with the creator of Hornet Heaven, the great Ollie Wicken, who I was at primary, we were at primary school together. He was a very good footballer and I was not a very good footballer. Um, Just wanted to ask you about your feelings about the season so far uh, and what players you feel have, have surprised you or stood out just tell me a little bit about your, your reaction to what's been going on.
5: Uh, good morning, voice of one at heaven. Um, I'm not sure I was a better footballer. Uh, Up front, maybe, but they played me in defence. Nightmare. Um, this season, it's been brilliant. Actually, I'd, I'd just say the team, uh, rather than many individuals. You know, we've got so many people on the bench or not even near the side, like Dula and Cleverly and Chalabar, and you'd like to see them in the team. But actually, it's the team. And, and it doesn't matter who's in it. We're playing so well. We've got that formation. You wouldn't want to undo it at the moment.
0: Yeah, and he's named an unchanged eleven again for the. Is that the fifth time in a row now in Premier League games? Sixth, yeah. Do you think this competition for places is, is going to help us sustain a sort of consistency in, in the next in the coming months? You know, players like Chalabar, you'd expect to start. De La Faye, you'd expect to start. But they are going to have to fight, aren't they, to get back in this side and. Do you think he might change the system? He, he's really keen on this gray Dini axis and to bring one of those players in, he's going to have to drop one of them. Do you think he might do that or do you think he's going to stick with what he's got?
5: I think it's horses for courses in a way, isn't it? I mean, it's working well. Um, the system that he's got um, has delivered us plenty of points so far. That, that usually there comes a point where you feel you're being found out by the opposition after a certain number of games. So if that happens, then he'll probably change it. And I like the idea of... De La Feu on the wing bringing us a bit more pace on the ball which I don't think we have but you know that would be great off the bench don't feel the need for it right now because everything's going so well
0: yeah and it would be quite good I think quite a few people have been saying that they feel we get more out of Will Hughes if he plays more centrally rather than out wide I think it's his preferred position but if he's to come into the middle uh, we then maybe have to go to five in midfield or unless he plays alongside to Corre so it's difficult these are good problems to have though aren't they Oli?
5: Fantastic headaches I mean, Hughes. Yeah, let's get more out of him. But we're getting a lot out of him, even where he plays. So it's uh, it's not a problem. Uh, it's, a, it's a luxury to have these thoughts about oh we've got these great players and we'd love to have them inside but.
0: so earlier we were talking to a, a friend of mine called Barry Higgs who was named after Barry Ending a player ah. that we, we remember well uh, so the question I've been asking everyone at the end of these little chats is if you were to have a son now your son is in fact standing here but it's a bit late for him unless we have a renaming ceremony but if you were to have a son now and you were to name him after a Pozzo era Watford player who do you think that would be? Well,
5: my son Alman over there <laughs> should be able to answer that question <laughs>
0: Very good. And what do you think, uh, what's your score prediction for, for the match today?
5: I'll take a tight
0: 1-0. Very good. Thank you, Ollie. So players are just coming out onto the pitch. And it's, uh, it's quite a good atmosphere here. It's packed, compact little ground. And uh, the cool boys. with about 1 minute and 45 seconds on the clock we've scored a goal we're 1-0 up Uh, we're about to Shalala amazing start to the game exactly what we needed So it's half-time, i fought my way out of the stand and down into the concourse it's been quite a nervy first half it's been a bit like a cup tie, both teams just really going for it, Fulham playing a high line which is quite risky but it's working quite well for them at set-pieces Holobas's uh, delivery has not been great Cabaselli so far has been handling Mitrovic quite well obviously scoring early helped us uh, and we're playing, some, we're playing some really good football but so are they and um, our defence doesn't look quite as as strong or as solid as it has done I think that's because they're committing more men forward because they're 1-0 behind it'll be interesting to see how heavy uh, what changes he makes how he manages the game because if we can get out of here with a 1-0 win that'll be a hell of a result but it looks to me a bit at the moment that we're going to have to get another one to win this game we've had our chances apparently there was a very nasty tackle on Dini which might have deserved a red but it's it's been a kind of blood and thunder sort of fair play type of game it's been great to watch they're very attacking sides Mitrovic is a handful so we'll see what happens in the second half but um, yeah I'm feeling a little bit nervous my prediction of one all is looking quite good at the (laughs) it? but uh, I really hope we can get get Gray on the ball again behind the defenders and uh, and score a second goal Uh, and, and go on to win this game and get back up in the top four
5: we're the Orns, you're the Orns
0: so just walking away from the ground now back to putney bridge station a little bit feeling a little bit disappointed we didn't really play very well second half probably should have seen the game probably should have put them out of reach in the first half we had some chances got ourselves into good positions opportunities to score a second goal we didn't do it and in the second half we basically seemed to just want to defend the 1-0 and then try and get a second goal on the break and we started to hoof the ball up the pitch to try and make it stick on either Troy or Andre, and it wasn't really working for us. The other thing that worries me slightly is that he waited an awfully long time to make some substitutions. It was clear that Yamat was limping. It was clear that Pereira was exhausted, but he, he made the changes, I thought, a little bit late. He brought on Ken Semmer for, uh, for Pereira, which should have happened probably in the 70th minute. We were really under the cost down that wing and pereira wasn't getting back and he wasn't really a physical presence against them and he, he wasn't putting in any challenges and they were getting a lot of freedom down there and equally on the other side yamat was sort of strolling around well he wasn't strolling, he was just limping he was he was he was he was either hurt or fatigued or whatever but eventually kiko came on for him and that did that did freshen us up a little bit but to be honest in the second half we we weren't really able to play our football we we kind of dropped down into a let's just defend this 1-0 let's just boot the ball away it was a lot of messy football and we made so many mistakes and we gave the ball away so much and that does worry me a little bit going forward it was a poor performance really even though we played quite well in the first half in the second half in the second half we really weren't great and I think in the end we were a little bit lucky to hang on for a one-all draw and not lose that game Uh, a more incisive side uh, more it's a team that really knows how to do it would have would have would have put us to the sword and, uh, and won it 2-1. But anyway, they didn't do that. We got a point away from home, so to be positive, got to say that four points from two away games, um, after the way we played in the second half of last season away from home, is a good return, and we should we should be positive. But it was the performance. The performance was scrappy. It was uh, so many mistakes, so much uh, giving the ball away. But there were some good performances. I thought Andre Gray was our best player today. He uh, scored the goal, obviously, uh, and he he played well and was eventually substituted for Isaac's success. But the the reality is we need to play better than that if we're going to finish in the top half, uh, at home, away from home. We just need to keep our calm a little bit more and play our football and do the things that we do well and not just sort of fall to pieces and start kicking it up the pitch which is what we did in the second half. Anyway, it's been a good day out. It's pouring with rain. We're at Putney Bridge Station. I think we'll see some changes now though. I think we might see a change to the system and I think we might see a change to some personnel. And I think that's probably the right time to do that in the game against Arsenal. I suspect we'll see uh, some different stuff, some different players. Looking forward to the game against Tottenham at Stadium MK. Point away from home, still in the top four. It's not all bad. Go on you horns!